0: everybody welcome back to another episode of this week in finance where i discuss everything that has went on that has piqued my interest this past week in finance before we dive into the video we're going to be talking about cbs target google a lot about apple a little bit about the movie going experience as and disney in, as i'm sure you can see up in those tabs above um hit subscribe I know a lot of you watch these videos and are not subscribed, so go ahead and hit subscribe, hit the like button as well if you do enjoy this type of content, and also, hit that notification bell. That way you know when every single video comes out. We are on the road to 1,000 friends, 1,000 subscribers here on the channel, hoping to hit it by December 31st of this year. So go ahead and help that goal. And without further ado, let's talk CVS, Target, Google, a lot about Apple, and the movie going experience. So you can see the story here on the screen. CVS is looking to buy Signify in the race to offer home healthcare. So I'm sure all of us have seen the telehealth, teledoc, telemedicine push and wave. It was obviously propelled massively by COVID-19 soon as that hits we have all different types of telehealth medicine Teledoc price just skyrocketed stock price that is um and cvs is now looking to get into that game amazon has kind of exited the game with their amazon care but then they're purchasing one medical and and buying other different um you know medical style businesses i think you had i think they mentioned in here uh, Walgreens actually is purchasing. Yep, Walgreens acquired a majority share of Carecentrics, and then UNH or United Health purchased LHC Group. So there is a lot going on here in this space, but CVS is the next player to get into it. I think for CVS, if they can continue to become just this dominating health option for people, I mean, a pharmacy, they have the minute clinics, which I personally have used and are flawless. Well, Nothing is flawless, but um, as good of an experience as a real doctor's office, you can buy drinks, snacks, and other things while you're in there, pick up your prescription, and now you can, or at least I'm assuming sometime in the future, get a telehealth medicine call through CVS. Using data, using analytics, making sure you can pay for it. There's all these aspects that Signify kind of focuses on that CVS will now acquire. And so this is going to be a really, really good thing for CVS. And again, it continues to drive the telehealth or the telemedicine, teledoc future. And I don't say teledoc meaning teledoc stock, but teledoctors as a whole Um, zooming your doctor for something as simple as a cold or flu like symptoms that you just know you need a prescription for a cold or flu or whatever it is. It's going to be very, very useful moving forward. And this just furthers that point. Next, Target CEO Brian Cornell will be staying with the company three more years. This will actually push him past the limit or the mandatory retirement age of 65 with the company. Now, the board removed that limitation. He is on the board, um, but the board removed that limitation to help with stability in the future. Other companies have done this in the past. I believe Boeing was one of them, 3M, Merck. These are stable, large, big companies and what is target for the most part a larger more stable style business however they've been through a lot of trouble with inflation with supply chain with excess of inventory and i think that the company was taking an internal look at itself and saying do we want to make a change now high inflation recession incoming or have already happened um all of these bad or poor macroeconomic factors coming our way. Do we want to really change place and change course now? And I think, and I think the overwhelming majority of people would say, no. Brian Cornell has been a success for the business. They have, and I'm going to read here exactly from the the article itself, took an aggressive approach from the inventory problem, slashing prices, canceling orders, um, and that helped. It's of course not the thing people like to see, but it looks as if it's making waves. In addition, he also um, exited their business in Canada when he initially came over, suspended the pharmacy operations, poured billions into improving store and store brands and adding e-commerce, all of which have been a success for Target. The company really flourished over the pandemic and now that they're running into some trouble, like Walmart is, like all big retailers are, probably stick with the man who delivered you some success. That's what they're going to be doing. My guess is other companies, which again, we've already seen this happening. Other companies are going to continue to do a similar thing because right now might not be the ideal time to bring in a brand new fresh mind. Starbucks is doing that, but Starbucks new CEO is going to be kind of watching and learning for the next six months. So it's either going to be a really long process to move someone new in that has to have previous experience, which the new Starbucks CEO does, or let's ride it out with who we have. Now, speaking of riding it out with who you have, it seems as if Google is attempting to do this. The company wants to not make cuts, but Sundar is kind of saying, and Sundar is the CEO of the company, um, he, he's kind of saying, look, that probably, right? Um, he says he hopes to make the company 20% more efficient. Now what metric exactly he is using. I'm not super sure, but he quotes um, something very particular, an exact example of hopefully, or sorry, in the past, aligning YouTube uh, music and Google Play into one product. Obviously, hoping to do that with other styles of different things that, that Google operates or owns and operates. And so really, When money isn't flowing, and this is the point I have written down that I wanted to touch on, when money isn't flowing, you can get away with doing things like running YouTube music and Google Play music and kind of being separate in those aspects. But when money starts to dry up, when money doesn't flow as much, when ads, which is exactly what Google's business is severely made up of, or or largely made up of, I guess I should say, when ad money dries up, the revenue doesn't look like it's going to continue to come in as high, which it has been so far. But expectations of higher revenues and higher earnings haven't been hit then you start to think how can we make the company run on fewer resources make the company 20% more efficient other companies have already been doing this they've been making headcount cuts for the time being Google being one of them they have not Google has not made cuts instead what they've done is slowed hiring or halted it to a stop and now they're saying look it's getting even tighter. We're probably gonna have to make some cuts. Um, It looks like the exact words here were, the more we try to understand the macroeconomic, we feel very uncertain about it. The macroeconomic performance is correlated to ad spend, consumer spend, and so on. Again, hinting at, hey, we make a lot of money from ads, people aren't running as much or spending as much to run their ads, and for that reason, we need to really tighten up the uh the ship here so that we can make it through this time and not bleed all over because we have three people making the decision that one person could make instead look out for a lot of other companies to continue to do this in the future now here's the apple section potentially what you clicked on this video for just the other day apple announced some new products um at their event they did it on they do it online on youtube and they also do it in person um in California. I'm forgetting the city. I don't know why I'm forgetting the city. San Francisco? No, it's a different city, whatever, besides the point. iPhone 14, iPhone 14 Plus, iPhone 14 Pro, iPhone 14 Pro Max, say that five times fast. Satellite emergency service for iPhones, which is more of a feature than anything. Apple Watch Ultra, which is a big drop. New AirPods Pro, Apple Watch Series 8, and Apple Watch SE. So I watched some clips on all these. The iPhone 14 and the iPhone 14 Plus, iPhone Pro and Pro Max, these are not revolutionary devices. These are relatively the exact same thing that we've come to expect. I think they got some camera upgrades um, and some other nice little bumps. There's a new cutout on the iPhone 14 Pro version. It's like a pill. They call it a dynamic island. It's a It's a pill-sized little thing on your phone instead of the little notch. Anyway, it has some new features. It's cool, but it doesn't necessarily change the way you use your iPhone. And for that reason, we are probably going to see the status quo sales. Now, something that I'm going to note here in a couple of minutes or, or dive more in depth on, you could see maybe in the header here, the iPhone is not getting a price bump, but it is in other areas. We'll talk about that satellite emergency service for iphone you can now use your iphone to kind of ping a satellite to send a text message normally when you don't have data or you have poor connection and you can't get a message to go through well that's kind of it you don't get a message to go through well for now for the next two years for free in us and canada you will be able to use your iphone to send a text you'll actually point it at a satellite it will ping the satellite and send your message for you Pretty cool feature. I'm not sure free for two years, what exactly that means. If maybe they're gonna charge for this, if maybe someone else is gonna make Apple charge for this or what the catch is here. I'm sure some information will be released on that um, as things move forward. Now, Apple Watch Ultra. I'm also gonna loop in the Watch 8 and the SE. The SE is the more affordable version for consumers looking to dive into their first smartwatch. A great product to have with the macroeconomic outlook. Things are going to tighten up. Money is going to dry up. It's probably a good idea to have nicely priced items for people still looking to scratch that itch. I like that. Series 8. Same watch we've come to expect. There's a couple new features, a crash detection, which is going to be introduced in older uh, watches anyway. There's a battery saver mode, I believe, um, and some other cycle cycle tracking features for for women. Again, not revolutionary new reasons to buy a watch. So we might see more people just kind of flock to the SE or get an older version. Now, the Apple Watch Ultra could potentially tap Apple into a much larger market. This is a product designed specifically for adventures, for adventurous people, for divers, scuba divers, marathon, triathlon type of people. It is the Ultra Apple Watch, and it has features and specs and tech built in to be Ultra for these types of individuals. I can't quite remember the price. Let's see if this takes me to the price. Nope, it's just been taking me back to the homepage. I guess I could have been showing you guys these things, the the dynamic pill, the new colors, the new cameras, some of the new features, Um, but this new Apple Watch is going to be tapping into, like I said, a new market. And for that reason, here it is, starting at $799, Apple could drive a whole new source of revenue. And I don't say whole new source, like product sales and and Apple Watch sales specifically are normal to the company. They've been doing this for a long time. But tapping into a new market, competing with someone like Garmin or some other type of high-end, athlete-driven, fitness-driven watch this could be big for them and could potentially get a lot of people who already own Apple Watches to just purchase another one, even though they weren't going to because they want some of these particular features. Now, the last thing I will talk about, the new AirPods, they cost 250 bucks. They have some new features. You can see here, new touch control to adjust the volume on the side, longer battery life, extra speaker. I don't think this is anything that any normal individual is going to need to go purchase new AirPods for. Um, but experienced and, and people who use these a lot type of users, they will probably make this purchase. So again, what I'm taking away from all of this in terms of a financial perspective is really that the Apple product, Apple Watch Ultra could drive some new revenue to the business as a result of being a completely unique product they haven't really released before and i say unique lightly because it's very similar to other products Um, the se is going to be that good lower priced version for individuals who aren't looking to spend 800 dollars on a watch i don't think the uh iphone 14 or pro versions are really anything to write home about so again i see this as kind of a wash just the new line of products now the one thing that does really pique my interest is the fact that apple didn't raise the price in US or China, some of its largest markets, but because of currency headwinds and other issues, raised it $80 in the UK, $33 in Australia, $146 in Japan, and $100 in Germany. Now, of course, people buy iPhones all over the world. So that means that when someone buys an an iPhone in pounds or whatever it might be, yen, it has to get transferred back to USD to be reported out to the SEC um, and for investors. And so, for that reason, translating currency back from one type to another, when you know there's going to be times when that currency um, pair is going to fluctuate in what is technically worth more, you make the initial purchase. Then the value of the USD side kind of drops. So now. The yen is not really translating back to as many U.S. dollars as it should, and now you're losing a little bit of money in that translation, and for that reason, they're making the prices go up, but they're not raising it in crucial markets, aka here in the United States and in China as well. So take that for what it's worth, but I think that it's definitely interesting and a conscious decision by Tim Cook and Apple to not raise prices at a time when people are already price sensitive. The last thing I will leave the video linked up in the top right-hand corner where it always is about RCS and Android, Google, or whoever, really making a push for Apple to get away from iMessage and start accepting the world-accepted type of text messaging. And Tim Cook replied with, get your mom an iPhone. She's using Android, get your mom an iPhone. Get your dad, get your grandma an iPhone. He says it is a low-priority... For Apple, the reason why, he does not hear their users asking to put a lot of energy into that point. And I told everybody this from the start. I agreed with this point. It doesn't make sense for Apple, whose main purpose is to make profits, to change a product that everybody likes. And when that product is sticky, and when people that are using your product love your product and don't want to leave your product, they want something that makes that product unique. You know what that is? Having a better texting experience, even if it means green bubbles, even if it means this is a older version of texting. Apple has implemented so many features. You can send like fitness updates and direct maps and calendar invites and all of these things through text messages through iPhone. So you know what every iPhone user is going to do? They're going to say the same thing Tim Cook said. You got a green bubble, go buy an iPhone so I can send you this Apple music link and it pops up with the ability for you to add it right to your thing or listen right from the text messaging platform. It just makes sense that they keep it this way, especially for business. And the last point, Bob Iger, former CEO of Disney says, look, movie going, just not going to be the same. Quite frankly, just not. He says that movie going, as we kind of know it, is done. He doesn't think that movies will ever return to the pre-pandemic levels. I think overwhelmingly, we all kind of think this. There have been some boundary breakers. Um, in specific, Top Gun, Maverick. I mean, movie did absolutely fantastic. And in specific, it seems as if some Disney movies have actually underperformed. And as a shareholder, I don't like that, but that seems to be the case. A lot of Disney movies underperforming, some other businesses' movies, Paramount, um, being successful. So this might help Disney if they think that their fans are not quite looking to go to the theater. Maybe you can develop some better shows, better fit for in-home viewing versus a movie theater. I mean, if you're really trying to be show-stopping and make people show up to the theater— The trailers need to be spectacular. The movie doesn't be because I don't know many people that have left in the middle of a movie. But if you're making content for people at home, just pause it and get up. Change the show and turn it off. You develop shows and movies, at least in my mind, much differently. For the And I'm pointing this direction. There's a television over there. Um, You design things very differently when someone has the ability to just shut it off and walk away because they don't like it. And so for that reason, this could be a good thing to recognize early for Disney. They've come out with Mandalorian, which has been really, really successful for them. And he also cited Game of Thrones um, from HBO, something that, again, everybody kind of watched and sat and watched at home. So we'll see what the future of movies actually entails. Bob Iger seems to think it's not going to be that successful, but... That is all I have for you today. If you enjoyed this video, go ahead and hit the thumbs up button. I really do appreciate your support. Hit subscribe if you are not subscribed already and make sure to hit the bell that way you're notified every single time a new video comes out. Let me know your thoughts down below in the comment section and have a great day.